Ooh. Mm-hmm. What does the deception kit do? Well, the deception kit, you open it up and these items are inside. What I know. Is- you were supposed to laugh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it deceives you. That's ah. what. Ah. Yeah. No. <laughs> do you feel deceived yet? <laughs> <laughs> Red Raiders. Hello. Thread Raiders. 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 Ladies and gentlemen, freaks and geeks, one and all, welcome to the Thread Raiders podcast. What started as a small uprising on Twitter has turned into a movement to spread goodwill among all creators with the occasional side quest for dies and, as always, dice. (laughs) (laughs) My name is Fenwald Griswick. And I'm Chaotic Anarchy. And I am the Kilted Sea Lord, TK. Yeah, you are. (laughs) And today we have a special guest. Everybody say hello to Fairy Rain. Hey! I'm saying hi to myself. How weird is that? Okay, hi! (laughs) (laughs) Well, who knows? Maybe you haven't met yourself today. Uh, well, you know, I do change constantly, so maybe this is the new me greeting the old me, you know? Yes, exactly. <laughs> You're like the Doctor Who. Right? Hey, I, I hear that's how mimics operate. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I didn't meet myself till 9 o'clock this morning in an elevator, so. Yeah. See, I knew this was the reason why I really liked her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love mimics. <laughs> Fairy Rain is one of the uh, preeminent members of Geeky Bugbear. Yay! Yes. yes. I am the... The most D&D name in history, by the way. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, yes. no, um, <laughs> I am the owner of Geeky Book Bear, and it is a partnership of myself and my husband and one of our very dear friends here. Dogs? Oh. Um, no, although our fluffers, you know, they're honor- honorary members, you know. Um, <laughs> but no, um, he's one of our real-life friends that we've known for ever and he's one that we played with together and he did video game streaming and has done that for quite a while and was like hey you know this thing we're wanting to do the thing and we keep doing this so why don't we do that and geeky bugbear was born and you know and when we first came into it we really didn't know what we wanted to do and that's still growing <laughs> but we've and we're coming up on our one year anniversary may 1st will be <gasps> one year congratulations nice. and nice. yeah um and it's been really great in this year we've learned a lot and met a lot of fabulous people and we're starting to kind of crystallize exactly where we're wanting to go with things i guess you'd say and that's kind of funny because we do things backwards you know we've we started this business with no real clue of exactly what the hell we wanted to do with it. You know, <laughs> but we were like, we like this name. We like the idea. We want to be ready to roll if it hits. And so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sometimes all you need is a good name and an energy drink. Uh, right. Yeah. Or in this case, coffee, because, you know, pretty much all I drink is coffee and water <laughs> and, you know, the occasional <laughs> adult beverage. So now uh, what kind of stream is it exactly? Is it D&D? Well, it's really kind of some of everything because one of the nice things with the three of us is we all three have very different interests in our game arenas. So between us, we wind up getting a very different set. Like my husband right now is running um, D&D Tomb of Annihilations for us. 
And, you know, that's just a group of our friends that we got together to say, hey, let's run through this campaign. So it is an ongoing campaign. Anybody that's run Tomb of Annihilations would be familiar with some of the things that we've come up. My husband mm -hmm. being my husband, of course, there are unique things that he's thrown in there that are his creations. Um, and then Ray, um, what he does is he's real into Pathfinder. Like he, okay. that's his meat. And we've pay, sure. played a lot of Pathfinder together. That's part of how we got together was playing Pathfinder. And um, he also does a lot of the grim, dark, and horror based things so you know he feeds our dark side i guess you'd say even though we've shown that we all have that as well sure um me i tend to i'm all about the story crafted i'm less rules oriented than they are like my husband can quote verbatim what page you can find this rule about that and raise that yeah. way about his books and i'm like yeah, you can totally do that. And over here, it came, you know. It's, I'm the same way. And I mean, it, it's So good. it's like Calvin Ball, really, where anything goes and the rules just change. Well, no, that is one thing that I am very solid about. If I do set forth a this is how this works, then that is what we run with. But I am a, I like to look at roles and that kind of thing i want to know the rules and i want to operate as close to those as possible especially for those players that you know the rules are a big thing for them but sure. by the same token um i'm less likely to have them rolling for everything you know i'm, I'm gonna right. you know if passive perception could he, exactly it's like let's keep the yeah, story going let's keep mm -hmm. going and yeah that really deserves a role so we got to hit that you know um Obviously, during combat, you're going to have a lot more roles than, say, necessarily um, some of the storytellings. But I'll absolutely throw out there, um, give me that bluff check. Or, you know, maybe <laughs> maybe there, we need a deception or, you know, different things like that. Just dependent. I'm more of a situational roller as opposed mm -hmm. to a, well, the rules say, you know, you know. <laughs> Remember what rule zero is. Exactly. The GM's rules are the rules. Well, but see, nowadays <laughs> that's actually something that's kind of shifted. It's the GM is, but your story's together, and y'all should decide at the table. <laughs> you know, so. That, that's that's the first rule of 5th edition, yeah, but I think it, like old school D&D. &D oh, yeah, DM's God. It's you don't question it's, DM. So, <laughs> the DM is still God, but 5th edition makes it, so the DM is God, but. So, yeah, so for those of y'all that you, don't know, I'm like. Older. I'm, I'm part of the older game set. I just turned 47. I started playing. You can't tell. Look at Julie. Hey, baby. Um, oh, it's the headphones. Yeah, it's totally the headphones, man. The bling distracts yeah. you from the wrinkles. Um, For so those of you at home who can't see the headphones, they are bejeweled, bedazzled. Yes. They're everything. It's incredible. Fabulous. They're retro lights. I'm a rave party headset, you know. So nice. <laughs> if you watch the fairy tale streams, you can see it every time because this is what Fairy Ream plays on. <laughs> so if you happen to be holding a whippet, now would be the time to. Oh know. gosh! <laughs> well, not for the fairy tales because the fairy tales is kids friendly. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> but yeah, if you're um, holding a whippet while listening to our podcast. I mean, go for absolutely. it. Absolutely, not during yeah. the stream or you know <laughs> our late night retroverse. You know that's yes. the thing. You know, yeah. You know the new lewd and improved retroverse. Yeah. <laughs> but no, um. Continuing on with the DM things, mine, I tend to, I have a love for indie games and, you know, those independent creators that come up with 
something that it's the role play, but it's a fun, unique setting or things like that. That's part of how I snagged on to Retroverse because it is a and d 5e supplement, but it's a... With me, with my age and what I came up through, it was like, this is my jam. Look at this. And I can immediately <laughs> twist it. And I'm like, I was that kid at that age. And yes, I got a robo cyborg frog. What of it? You know? <laughs> so, you know, and, that, and that's kind of what the fairy tales fun is for me is because um, I was an education major. I didn't follow through with that. Instead, did the Mary didn't have kids and yada, yada. Um but I continued working in the school systems. I've worked for the school systems for almost 10 years, um, doing long-term substituting, you know, like teachers go on maternity leave or things like that, I'd take over the course. Um, but that being said, for me, kids are a passion. I absolutely believe that children are our future and how we shape and mold those children determines where that future is gonna go. And so to me, that is one of the utmost importances is teaching them how to be the best them that they can be. Because that it, for me, that's how you raise the caliber of society is by raising right. better children that, you know, appreciate where they came from, but they're striving and reaching beyond and manifesting that vision in a healthy way. And as many of y'all know, that's not the case in modern society. Um, and oh, you're, I believe, you're not kidding. And I believe that, you know, games are one of those ways that we can do it. That's why one of the mottos for Geeky Bugbear is, with games, we'll build a better world. And that's kind of where we're going with it is, we've got several different projects that are about to be coming out. Won't go too much into details, but I'm looking into things. Um, hey. I'm looking into things for, um, event stuff that we're working on here on the local level as well as um we have this long-term dream of creating a local community gaming center that would mm. use the games as the draw i guess you would mm. say and then we would take whatever aspect of gaming that interests them and amplify that so like say that they're interested in cosplay. Well, cool. We'll have like a little community closet that they can do closet cosplay. Look what's in the closet to make the costume of whoever. And then we'll take pictures and put them up, you know. Um, say that they're into, you know, that tabletop terrain that looks so cool. Well, here, let's start looking into how we can do it and design it and print it and paint it. And, you know, things like that to give them hands-on to let them see beyond or things like this. So wonderful Say idea. that you think I that this it. is cool. Okay, well, we'll show yeah. you the technology of how to record. You mm -hmm. can do your podcast. You can do this. Because where we live, um, for those of y'all listening, if you think back a little while back to when Obama was in presidency, there was this big to-do with the education and things like that and there was a huge segment made for the schools that were they called it the corridor of shame and it was these extremely impoverished schools and there was like the middle school that was 112 years old still being used all that kind of thing mm -hmm. that's us that's literally my town and so you can kind of imagine you know some of the things you know like there are i hate to say it but there's kids here that after school they go fishing, not because they love fishing, but because they need to eat dinner. Mm -hmm. um, but we also have a lot of higher end things that you know are coming in and that help feedback. And I've never lived anywhere 
that was had so many challenges in their community and yet is still tight in their community don't get me wrong just mm -hmm. like any of them we have our dysfunctional stuff but yeah. overall like um you know we've been bombarded with hurricane after hurricane because we were you know the big town that was on the news that was hit by matthew and then florence and then michael and mm -hmm. and um South Carolina is a glutton for punishment. We really are, and where we are in particular, because we're right on the South Carolina, North Carolina state line, and we're about an hour inland, um, we just got bombarded with where we are because of the rivers overflowing and things like that. And our town was literally underwater all three storms. Um, and Matthew, our family, my husband and I and our kids lost everything. You know, we, our floor our, of our home was four foot off the ground and we still had 13 and a half inches of water in the house. You know, it was insane. Um, but that being said, I've never seen a community pull together the way that this one did. You know, it was just like neighbors were helping neighbors. Um, when our neighbors down the road saw that it was flooding so bad our way, they're coming with, you know, their trucks and waiters, you know, coming through to the house to make sure, you know, are y'all good? Do we need anything? How can we get you out? You know, because we had, you know, four cars underwater and all that kind of stuff, you know. Um, but, it, you know, just time and time again, this community here does that. And so we want to, to find a way to bring back positive things that would help cultivate the growth here. And we know there's a lot of interest here. We've got a couple of cons in the area that have slowly been building and taking off. Right now, nice. most of them are comic cons as opposed to, um, you know, like tabletops or board games or things like that. Do you have anything wizard related? We do not. That's just it. We don't. Oh, that's a missed opportunity there. Right. And so, you know, and that's one of the things that we're wanting to do is help cultivate that atmosphere here that makes it more approachable. Because like the PowerCon, which is the uh, Comic-Con that's here, it has grown every year. I think they're coming up on year five of having it. And every year they've had, you know, it's upped and upped and up. So there is absolutely the interest here. We just now want to find that way of providing an outlet to these kids that is something that isn't, let's, let's face it, not everybody wants to go be in a sport and not everybody wants to go be at a church. Not that there's anything wrong with either of those things, but that's not everybody. And around here, those are the only things that you can do. Mm. You know, it's that or get in trouble or sit at home or be in the woods. You know, that's mm -hmm. it. <laughs> you know, that's literally it. So oh, I have to admit, if you did a podcast that was based out of the woods. Well, see, we can do that. You know, we can do that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you could LARP and play D&D at the same well, time. Well, funny you <laughs> said that. That is actually the event that we are working on. I'm not um, going into a huge amount of it, but we are basically working on the equivalent of like a LARP in the park for sure. having here at our local area at one of the parks. Um, I'm still looking into different things. That's part of why I don't want to say too much about it because I don't want to say something that is going to get me in trouble or skew something else, you know, because we don't have sponsorships. I am still looking in and I d I've never done an event like that. So I'm still finding out those and what's it's, you know, and I don't want to shoot myself. You know, I'm very cautious <laughs> and do a lot of research before I do things. Except for when I make a business not knowing what I'm wanting to do with it. You know, that's a thing. <laughs> 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 that's a thing. 
Um, but yeah, so those are what I DM is Retroverse and I'm getting ready to start DMing another game that I love, um, which is Sagas of Midgard with that one. Ooh, it's EK. Yeah, so that one is a real fun one that is all based off of Nordic Viking lore. And it is a unique gaming system created specifically for it. And it's got raiding mechanics and death mechanics and all kinds of craziness that is, I, it just, it blew me away. You know, I love that, that time period anyway. So I was immediately interest peaked, you know? And then when I started seeing how they were doing things, I was like, oh yeah, this is me, this is me. And so absolutely when the Kickstarter went live, it was like, let me in there. Yeah, I need some of this in my life, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, the only other ones really that I'm doing right now is the uh, Power Outage game uh, by yeah. Bavars. Mm -hmm. I've got that yep, one. Just got it. Mm -hmm. I've got that one that I'm doing with my nieces. And then um, there was another one that we... Oh, oh, the other one that I'm getting is Mutants in the Night by Dungeon Commander. Dude. Never heard of it. Dude, Neither have I. check it out. It is amazing. It is basically... it. Okay, so pretty much you are mutants and you are trying to accomplish, you know, your missions, your tasks, your daily life in a system that is built to be against you. It literally, the game literally takes you through this mutant form and puts you in the place of a day in the life of a person of color. Oh, that's neat. And it it's is phenomenal. It, the psychology behind it, the deep thought. I mean, he really did an amazing job, and I'm looking forward to exploring that one. But it is one that it gets dark. It gets brutal. You, you sold TK it against you. Uh, right? Yeah, Actually, I've uh, talked to the creators of this game. Yeah. They're awesome people. I was, I, when, that's actually where I learned about Forged in Darkness system. Right? <laughs> There's, they're great people. Um, there's quite a few of them in that particular circle that I love with a passion. Like I, you know, there's a few people that are out there that, even if other things kind of get away from me, that mm -hmm. I will seek out their page. You know, just to check in. You know, if Twitter doesn't decide I need to see their feed, it's like <laughs> I need to see their feed. You know, <laughs> you know, don't tell me what to look at Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Tell that to Twitter. I know, right? Yeah. So Twitter and I are currently not on speaking. Yeah, um, I know. That whole thing is a hot mess with them messing up the accounts. And Twitter support, really, you need to look at some of your policies and how you implement them. Yeah. And we'll really leave it do. at that. <laughs> Good people out there. Yeah, there are. Yeah. It's a shame. I mean, I get why they do the thing, but... You can handle the thing in a different manner that's more efficient and customer friendly. We'll just put it that way. Yeah, <laughs> right. They don't seem to care about coming to a resolution about anything. They're just kind of like, bam, you're done. That's it. You know. And it, it's one of those that it's a double-edged sword because on one hand, it's like it's a free service mm -hmm. and so forth. But on the other hand, it's like it's a free service to us, but it's still a huge platform that you're making a lot of money off of by being free to us, so come on and keep us happy, you know? <laughs> yeah. 
Marketing. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me just wrap this up by saying, uh, first of all, mm -hmm. LARP in the park, not LARP in the dark. <laughs> all right? Yeah, That's very no. important. Yeah, that's LARPing a very different thing. LARPing in the dark thing. can get you impaled. It's, it's not a pretty picture. All right, so you got to... This is very true. I have no yes. friend who is Pick your LARP carefully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the second thing I would just want to say is that, uh, do you guys use Roll20 in your stream? We absolutely do. Well, given that uh, May 1st is your one-year anniversary, uh, I'm thinking instead of using Roll20, you have no choice but to use uh, paper because the first year anniversary is the paper anniversary. So, <laughs> You know what? I like that concept. Yes, that's the newest <laughs> Calvin Ball rule. I, 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 I may have to like use that. That may have to be a thing. I may, you know, I will give you full credit, but we may have oh, to do you. that. That, that is, <laughs> yes, I like that. Fenwald is F-E-N-W-A-L-D. <laughs> yes, yes, perfect, perfect. It's promo time. This episode of the Thread Raiders podcast is brought to you by the letters Q and Umlaut. This episode is also sponsored by Tabletop Loot, the best place on the web to find quality gaming accessories for your D&D, Pathfinder, Fate, or whatever TTRPG you happen to love is, game. Sure, that's English. They also have mugs, dice jails, and other great miscellany. And if you use the code THREADRAIDERS at checkout, you will receive a discount off your entire order. I find it hard to believe you're going to find a better deal than that. Visit TabletopLoot.com today to check out their great selection of gear. Tabletop Loot, loot for every table. This episode is also sponsored by Founders Coffee. There are only so many hours you get to spend alive here on this planet. Now, for some of you, the afterlife grants you your own planet. So for you, my concern for your lost time will seem pedantic. But for the rest of you, spending countless hours standing in line at the local coffee shop or even worse, in line at one of the five buildings that all have the exact same franchise coffee shop directly across the street from the train station, simply does not make sense. That's why there's Founders Coffee. Roasted beans simply taste better with a little bit of patriotism. Proudly packaged right here in the U.S. of A., you haven't truly woken up until you've downed a cup of their Old Glory Medium Blend Roast. Set your coffee maker timer for Reveille, set your sights on www.founderscoffee.us, and set yourself up with a bag or two of coffee so good, it'll raise your flag in the morning. Founders Coffee, patriotic to the last drop. And now, back to our show. TK, uh, tell me yes. about your game of the week. Uh, the game of the week is uh, May 1st seems to be a thing, a theme. Uh, I want to bring it up this week because they are doing a Kickstarter soon on May 1st called, and the game is Orpheus Protocol. Ooh. I love this game, and, uh, you know, got to go back to the support groups because it is a D6 based game. Oh, hey. <laughs> the uh, game is set uh, in modern times, kind of. You're clandestine agents working for the government, keeping the paranormal and versions of parapsychology under wraps. Ooh. Except it's kind of like Men in Black where, yeah, they disavow you if you get captured. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I like by that. By the ghosts? Is, uh, by, you know, let's say uh, in a example game I'm currently in of it, uh, the agency sent 
my person, Callan, on a mission. Mission was to break into a secret government facility, extract a living AI, and get back out. Okay. I shot a robot in the head. You shot a robot in the head? <laughs> but the question is, did you get caught shooting the robot in the head? Yes. That's why I got caught. Uh, currently, the agency, I, I'm dun, currently dun, arrested. Dun. The agency will not send any legal help. They've scrubbed my file. I do not exist. <laughs> You're literally the ghost it, in the system now. Yeah, it's, it's actually really <laughs> That's fun. Awesome. It's a very uh, much psychologically, it's a psychological elder tour kind of game with a really good GM. The story itself uh, is on their podcast. Currently, they're hunting down a eldritch god who is trying to bring forth the end of the world by means of a multi-dimensional door and a book that's held there that contains the secrets of the universe. So what I'm, I love secrets of the universe. So what I'm hearing is Tomb Raiders meets Men in Black meets Call of Cthulhu. Essentially, yeah. <laughs> the, like, let's say we were, and, and there's also, you, know, you could be pretty much anything. Let's say we're we're in the game. Mm -hmm. uh, Callan, human. Uh, I'm also a. Uh, I like playing a human because it's more challenging. And Reen, you let's say you would be the witch. You have awesome, badass witch powers. I would totally be the witch. Uh, Grizz, you're <laughs> a listening. Uh, you're a shapeshifter because you know you you got to be the the gelatinous cube. Good, <laughs> Griswix. <laughs> see, you're the <laughs> so you're the werewolf. We're all on a mission together. We each have our own things we're good at. I dig it. Um, we're we're supposed I to get in unseen. I can squeeze through doors. <laughs> and we get it. We need to get unseen. But Chris can get through the door. Okay, so Chris goes in the door. <laughs> Do the uh, squeeze under the door like, like Casper, <laughs> like. But then, but, but you know, Chris is inside so and forgets to tell us he's inside. So we're like, okay, it's been like three minutes. We're a clandestine military operation. Let's just break in. <laughs> yeah, I'd be okay with this. <laughs> yeah, the each uh, it's very episodic. So like each little mission is its own little episode of your of what you're doing. I dig it. And as the game as it progresses, it affects your total end game. Does that mean that every time you sit down, you are on a new mission, or does that mean that you are on one mission for the entire campaign, but you know, there's big milestones that happen? Yeah, there's like the the core mission you're on, and then each. Uh, game is its own little micro mission. Okay. That's kind of like a uh, like a side quest every game to get, there's like the main quest and you might get off on a side quest or completely derail your GM like we did and you know search and destroy for the overall arrested. goal. <laughs> I can dig it. Mm -hmm. I love the horror aspects though. Like there you you can actually lose all of your humanity in this game. Ooh. And become a monster. That's okay, cool. so that's like freaking, um, oh, what was the game that we used to play? Fable, where depending yes. on what yes. you do <gasps> determines if yeah. how the first one was so good. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Rob, the creator, and John, the other creator, they're amazing people. Mm -hmm. And their Discord, they Patreon them. They're cool. They're just amazing folks. <laughs> got, I got a chance to play with them once. I 
asked him as a human, what happens if I lose all my humanity? Because I wanted to play a human during that game. He's like, oh, it's bad. Don't do it. No one's done it yet. So we pushed that to the limit on one of my characters. I lost all my humanity. Asked what would feasibly happen. He's like, uh, just imagine Jack from uh, The Shining. Oh, yeah. Here's You're that Johnny. way all the time. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. That's actually one of my all-time favorite movies, by the way. The Shining. Mm. Oh, I'm a huge fan of Stephen King. Same, same. <gasps> Did you see the new Pet Cemetery movie? No. It's really good. I, I'm mad with it. <gasps> but why? Because, remake. yes, <laughs> I am so sick of remakes. Yeah. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. It is nothing against the new cast and crew and story. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely yeah. nothing. I am just so sick of Hollywood so throwing out anymore. another rehack, another rehack, another rehack. I honestly cannot think of but a handful of truly new movies Yeah, in almost a decade. It's crazy. It's like, you know, do y'all have no original thoughts? Or have the yeah. masses just become that drone? You I know? feel that way about Star Wars 9. Yeah. Yeah. There's only three Star Wars movies. That's a can of worms. That's right. <laughs> and TK, you're the best. I, 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 I said that at work today, and I had so much hate rage thrown at me. I was like, I'm going to go back to listen to podcasts now. You guys argue about this amongst yourselves. Right. As I pulled out my Blu-ray set, just sat it on the desk. I was like, there's only three discs in here for a reason, guys. <laughs> I love it. See, I mean, I loved them and all, and I, I'm sure that I'll see this one as well, just because I am a huge fan of it for our family. Star Wars was a big deal. Like, um, when Return of the Jedi came out, it was on my father's birthday. And my older sister and her best friend skipped school that day to go buy the tickets so that we could surprise my father with all of us there seeing the movie for the first time in the Lucas surround sound Dolby, you know, boom, coming sure. down the aisle at you because it had never been done before, you know. And this line was literally wrapped around this cinema that had 12 screens. All they were showing at this cinema was Return of the Jedi. And this line was wrapped around the block. My sister got in line at 6.30 in the morning. They finally bought their tickets at 4.57 in the afternoon. Oh, it was insane, you know, because that was before people, like, camped out for tickets and things like that. You didn't do that back then, you know? And, um... So that being said, you know, they got these tickets and we took my dad and it, like it was just such a big deal. And just like when we saw the first Star Wars, it was at a drive-in theater mm -hmm. and we're all in the cars and all the kids are sitting, you know, on the back of the tail beds. And, you know, you've got your sleeping bags and pallets laid out and you brought your own food and everybody's playing and watching it. And like my younger sister is sitting down there playing with her Barbies the whole time. She's six years old, five years old. Even that old, I don't know. Um, I'd have to check what year it came out. But she's a little thing, right? And the only time she would ever look up was when Darth Vader talked. <laughs> yeah, she's like totally in her Barbies. And Darth Vader would talk and she'd whoop. And she'd listen and she'd watch. And then the minute he went off the screen, she was father. back down to that. And to this day, that is still like her favorite character is Darth Vader, you know. And that that 
that whole franchise has been such a huge part of my family for so long and on to my kids it's a generational thing that it just kind of breaks my heart a little bit I feel like I'm anticlimactic I feel like the series is aging with me and I don't like it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like no you're supposed to be great stop it yeah <laughs> so yeah that's a thing I got deep real quick. What the hell happened there? <laughs> Fuck. Chris <laughs> yeah. we need some snap caps. <laughs> yes, we need snap caps. Well, well, real quick, I just want to make sure, uh, did we cover everything with the Orpheus protocol? Um, yeah, they've sorry, got a TK. Kickstarter. Do they have any really cool tiers that uh, we should know about? Working, uh, They're working on those right now. Okay. Uh, they're going to, even like um, one of his Patreons, he's like, I keep, put on a Patreon update for it, keeping it all under wraps until we launch on the first. I was like, now you're just teasing us. <laughs> and when it launches, you guys, uh, the Thread Raiders will hate me because I'm going to post it. I have TweetDeck ready to post it and tag the Thread Raiders. So, Max, I'm sorry. <laughs> About to blow you up. <laughs> Hope team for the big fella. Come on. Don't be silly, Mickey. Offer them on a proper drink, right? I keep forgetting we're not cams and I'm making expressions instead of like saying things. It's like, ta-da! Oh shit, they can't see me go, ta-da! You know? Welcome to Tea Time, the portion of our show where we check the so-called facts on the underside of a popular beverage tea brand who shall remain nameless. Your choices will be true, false, or huh? I will read the question and then wait for your response. Snapcap facts number 1,000. A group of porcupines is called a prickle. Oh, my. We've had issues in I the past refused. with group names. Uh, issues? It's an <laughs> understatement. I'm oh. going to go with false. I've never heard it. Because I've never I heard it. This. So... Yeah, but we've never heard other things either. I know. But Have still, you ever met I'm more than one porcupine? Oh, Boone is gonna I'm be gonna, for days. I think I'm gonna say false as well because while it sounds like it could be a porcupine name, it also almost seems too obvious. Okay. A like a group of porcupines. I go back to the cows. <laughs> no, <laughs> that was just we were tired. I blame being exhausted for that <laughs> horrible, horrible cow mistake. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say false. I'm sticking with that. Uh, oh no. Should we do the Jeopardy? Why, Grizzix? Why are you doing this to me? Oh, I false. All right, and the answer is true. Dang it! See, sometimes I hate my life. See, sometimes the obvious is the right answer. Sometimes. Not everything's a conspiracy. Don't tell TK. Little prickles. That's cute. Right now, all the porcupine farmers are out there just tearing their hair out of their heads. Right. Like, how do you guys not know this? Like, well, you guys should, you know, guest on our show and then tell us why. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Snapcap fact number 387. A banana is a giant herb. <laughs> False. <laughs> I don't... I want to give tips to whoever thinks of these. Oh, my God. This is great. Um, I'm going to go with false. I've always seen it with fruit. I don't know. I've, uh, yeah, it's always with fruit. Why would it be a herb? I don't know. I've seen weirder stuff out there. <laughs> and it, 
Or is it a tree? I... What do you go with, TK? I'm going to go with balls because I've never heard that before. Now, we did that last time, and look what happened. <laughs> Fair <one>. point. Fair <laughs> point. <laughs> <laughs> That's a prickly subject. Leave it alone. <laughs> <laughs> Why would they be a herb? I think that's one of those dartboard questions where they just put random <laughs> things and throw the dart. Yeah, that's it. Herb. That's, that's what we're going with. You know what? I'm going to go with true. Ooh. <laughs> See? What now, banana? What now? <laughs> the answer is true. <laughs> really? So it hurts. My head hurts. <laughs> botanically speaking, a herb is any seed-bearing plant which does not have a woody stem and dies down to the ground after flowering. Uh, now, while Cavendish bananas, which are the most popular bananas, they're the yellow ones that you find at the store, don't have seeds, that's due to genetic engineering, not yeah. to the natural uh, state of bananas. Really? Normal bananas wow. are berries, and they have seeds inside of them. I should have known this because the banana trees each year die and then two come up where they were where the seed pods fell. That is correct. Uh, banana plants do in fact die to the ground uh, after flowering and creating bananas. Um, and the other part of that is the woody stem. Banana plants contain no bark. So there is no you know tree-like parts. They are literally very tall plants. Does that mean that their bite's worse since they have no bark? <laughs> <laughs> if you've ever tasted an unripe oh banana, my. they're definitely a hard bite. We're all South Carolina bite. representing, and I love it. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and it makes it even more compounded when you, com when you consider that I actually grew up in Dallas, Texas, and then migrated to here. So I just have, like... All the down home in me. <laughs> there like, you go. <laughs> um, so most Cavendish bananas, I'm sorry, most bananas are not yellow like a Cavendish banana. Um, and so when you go to the store, what you're seeing there is actually unusual. However, because of the black Sigatoka fungus, uh, which is destroying the Cavendish banana across the entire planet at the moment, uh, within the next 20 to 30 years, there will be no yellow bananas at the store. Yep. No. <laughs> True story. Yep. Snapcat fact number 318. Top performing companies are called blue chips after the costliest chips in casinos. True. True. I'll go with true. Wait, is is blue really the the costliest chip? I'm sorry, I can't answer that. <laughs> Died again. <laughs> See, I don't Oh no. It's blue. I don't think it's... Alright, I changed it to false because I'd, I'm worried that's not blue. Alright. Oh, and the answer is true. Da -da -da. Go ring, go. I finally got a point. Um, Woo. Got a point yes. <laughs> Coming back, watch out. Oh, it was really loud. So according to MotleyFool.com, uh, there's no official definition for a blue chip stock, even though everybody kind of knows what one is. Um, in general, they are large, stable, and financially sound companies. Uh, and so because the risk is so small, they are considered the most likely to give you profit. 
Um, originally in casinos, it was red, white, and blue, and then they began adding additional colors. Um, nowadays, when you go to a casino, there are all kinds of different colors and all kinds of different schemes, so it is not necessarily that the blue chips are the most costliest depending on the casino, but generally speaking, uh, blues outrank reds and whites. And so that's nice. where the name came from. Um, the idea that the blue chips are the most expensive uh, has been around since 1873, and that's uh, a little bit after that they began calling them blue chip stocks. Uh, so you know, that's another reason why it's true. Nice. Snapcap fact number 166. Before mercury, brandy was used to fill thermometers. Part of me feels like that's what they would do, but why brandy? Why leeches? You know, <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, why does your doctor have that giant nose and the mask that he wears? Yeah. Uh. People were taking poison. Oh, you're then, talking about the you know. plague masks. Why? I have one on my wall. Why? Yes. And well, actually, I know the answer to that question, so I just was. I thought it'd be funny. Why? Why did they put belladonna in their eyes to look pretty? You can kind of see it right. right there. I'm gonna go with true. Uh, you know, mercury is more ten temperature sensitive, uh, but well, br brandy is safer if you break it. Alcohol does expand. I know that they use something, but I don't know what. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna stick with true. Yeah, I'll go with true. Okay. Not really sure, but it seems like something you would have done yeah. back in the day. Yeah, and, and brandy <laughs> would have been in available. We'll say brandy. Cool, true. You can picture it on that old wallpaper with all the advertisements. <laughs> <laughs> trying to think if there's brandy on there. Right. No, and but there was morphine. There was what? Morphine. Morphine, yeah. Morphine? <laughs> oh, morphine, yeah. <laughs> Mini an opioid. <laughs> yep. Laudlum. 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 Whatever. Laudlum. Laudlum. I can't say it. I couldn't either. It's like laudlum. 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 Are you drinking <laughs> laudanum? Because that's the sign that oh, you should love. stop drinking laudanum is when right? you can't say laudanum anymore. <laughs> <laughs> this means I never get to drink it. Dang. And the answer is false. Uh, we all failed. We failed together, okay. though. That's okay. It has happened two other times. Stupid wallpaper. Right? <laughs> we were focused on the laudanum wallpaper. <laughs> So for what it's worth, there was no one inventor of the thermometer. Uh, it is the result of a process of various inventors trying and refining and you know changing things over time. Uh, it was a process that began in ancient Greece and continues to this day. Um, there is a difference between a thermoscope and a thermometer. A thermoscope has no scale. So when you look at a thermometer and you say, oh, that's 100 degrees Celsius or 200 degrees Fahrenheit, uh, that is a scale. Versus a thermoscope, since it has no scale, you know, it, it, is, it works the same, but they have different ways of gaining their measurements. So originally, we only had thermoscopes. It wasn't until 1638 that somebody had the bright idea to add a scale uh, in order to make it you know, something that you could measure. However, uh, the person who was credited with using brandy was Joseph Solomon Del Meggio. 
and he was a student of Galileo who created his own thermoscope, not thermometer, uh, in 1629 using brandy. Uh, he was one of a series of scientists who used all kinds of different liquids back in the day when they were still trying to perfect this, uh, this new uh, invention. Uh, Dimeggio's had no, th no scale attached to it, which is why it was not a thermometer. And uh, actually, he didn't build it. He simply illustrated it as a concept and then spread it around to the other scientists in the community. Uh, and so that is why this is false. Interesting. Yes. Mm -hmm. The reason why we use mercury is because it's very useful in human temperature readings. So thus, if you have a fever, so on and so forth. Uh, it, it works in a perfect range in that 98.6 to 108, which is where you die. And there are also modern thermometers which use uh, alcohol. So uh, it is, he was on the right track, and I'm pretty sure that he tried using brandy because of its color, which makes it easy to see uh, through the glass. Mm, that would make sense. Yeah. Makes sense. See, logic and science. <laughs> Science. That's right. <laughs> Snapcat fact number 158. The first MTV video was Video Killed the Radio Star by the Buggles. True. True. Okay. Wow. I like how we're all in on that. <laughs> I watched it live. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know. God, I remember that. We used to watch it all the time. It was like amazing. You rushed Memories. home to watch Memories. Remote Control. It's true all the way around. And the answer is true. Uh, I was going to say, watch, there's like the, the answer is false, and here's why. <laughs> right? Uh, <laughs> actually. <laughs> Technically, yeah. it was a test pattern. No, I'm kidding. Oh, dude. Now you're talking old school days. When be, Thank you for joining us, and we're signing off. And then, you know, the anthem, mm -hmm. and then the banner, and then static. <laughs> uh, so... Uh, for those of you who don't know, originally MTV stood for music television, and they would play videos of, uh, you know, songs, in the back of which would be videos. It was incredible. It was kind of like YouTube, except you didn't have any control whatsoever. Mm -mm. The very first of these videos was, in fact, Video Killed the Radio Star. It was followed immediately by... You Better Run by Pat Benatar, and then She Won't Dance With Me by Rod Stewart. You Better You Bet by The Who. Little Susie's On The Up by PhD. We Don't Talk Anymore by Cliff Richard. Brass In The Pocket by The Pretenders, which frankly is the only one that I've heard since then. Uh, Time Heals by Tom Rundgren. Rundgren, sorry. Uh, Take It On The Run by REO Speedwagon, and then Rockin' The Paradise by Styx. Those Great were the first song. 10 videos on MTV. And then finally, oh, I'm sorry, not finally. <laughs> <laughs> Got ahead of myself. But wait, there's more. <laughs> Back it up. Snapcat fact number one. A goldfish's attention span is three seconds. Aww, False. That's cute. I my remember. story and here's your story. That's it, literally <laughs> where my brain was going. Uh, uh, I, I live in the reef and I don't eat beef. <laughs> I, I, I remember <laughs> Mythbusters doing a thing on this. I do too, but I didn't watch it. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I did. And did the little fish have three seconds of time uh, in their lives? 
He started I, watching I it, and he couldn't finish. <laughs> I think he only it was, made it three seconds. If I remember it long, if I remember correctly, they proved it was longer because they made a goldfish obstacle course. <laughs> Jamie, uh, Jamie Heineman and Adam Savage. I mean, come on, the, these dudes this are is... the best special effects artists in the world. Yeah, I think it's true. <laughs> we'll say uh, it's a fish. Come on, um, yeah, we'll say true. All right, and the answer is, huh? Oh, really? <laughs> really? <laughs> 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 <I> said that. <laughs> that sounds so haughty. We actually got a home. So the idea of an average attention span is pretty meaningless. Um, Dr. Gemma Briggs, who is a psychology lecturer at the Open University, uh, said the following in 2015. It's very much task dependent. Uh, how much attention we apply to a task will vary depending on what the task demand is. And a good example of that is if you're lost in the desert. If you're lost in the desert and you're walking for 24 hours, for that entire 24 hours, you are focused entirely on getting out of the desert. And yet, every day, we get a phone call or something like that, and we are suddenly distracted. That doesn't mean that your average attention span is anything. It just means that whatever it is that you're doing, some tasks require attention and others do not. Um, as far as the goldfish is concerned, I actually looked around for any scientific study that was specifically based on goldfish attention span and came up with zilch. Um, as a matter of fact, if you type goldfish attention span into Google, you will be led down a rabbit hole of deception and trolling and name calling and <laughs> horrible fake science uh, for quite some time. It's okay. You Google, keep listening to our podcast. We'll wait while you Google that. So, marine biology <laughs> students, here is your opportunity for a government grant funded research. That's right. For attention span of goldfish, proving. You know, <laughs> always the opportunist, man. <laughs> and then finally, Snapcap fact number 1504. The very last of all the Snapcaps. The so longest. you're saying we had the first one and now the last one? That's actually kind of impressive. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> the longest MLB game went 26 innings. False. I'm thinking. I think. All right. Yeah, I'm going to go with false. Was I'm the snap cap made? <laughs> I'm going to say false. Because I have a feeling we discussed this at one point in the past. I'm sorry, TK. What did you say? I'm going to say false. I've, we discussed this at one point in the past for some reason, and I cannot remember why. I know it was a snap cap, but I have a feeling we came, we got discussing like the longest game. We're, wish we could phone a friend. I would just message Poon. Right? <laughs> <laughs> false. Mm -hmm. All right. I keep having the numbers 28 and 32 <laughs> in my head, so that's why I went false. I'm like, no, I think it was the... And they're probably both wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and the answer is true. Oh. So it was C? Uh, TK was thinking of an earlier episode when we discussed the longest game in terms of time. Uh, however, this game from May the 1st, 1920... How about that for some uh, harmony? Another May the 1st. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, the Brooklyn Robins. <laughs> you, the world's going to explode. <laughs> <laughs> Illuminati confirmed. 
All uh, I the can Brook- say is <laughs> this summer is apparently going to be freaking amazing and blowing up everywhere. Because, you know, May 1st is also the kick of, you know, first day of summer, all that. Yeah. Uh, the Brooklyn Robins and the Boston Braves tied at one after 26 innings. Uh, they basically called the game and said to hell with it. Uh, both starting pitchers, <laughs> Brooklyn's Leon Cadore and Boston's Joe, I couldn't possibly pronounce it, pitched <laughs> the entire 26 innings of the game. Both. Holy crap. Yes. That's incredible. That's phenomenal. Yeah. Yes, it's my understanding that Leon had a a 56 mile an hour fastball, so it was a little the game was a little different back then. But yeah, yeah, but still, that is a lot of time on those muscles and joints. And wow, <laughs> I got a bad shoulder. I used to be able to pitch a 98 mile an hour fastball, and I'm just thinking. After a few pitches, my arm was starting to wear. I can't imagine doing it that long. Yeah. Well, I mean, hell, just go out in the yard and throw a ball with your kid. Even just goofing like that, you know, you feel it later. So, I mean, granted, they train for this stuff and all that, but I promise they didn't play in front of 24 whatever inning game. And if your kid can't catch that 98-mile-an-hour fastball, exchange him at the orphanage. (laughs) (laughs) we need an upgrade we ordered a catcher Uh not a (laughs) and so by a final score of two to two to two we have a tie done wow everyone wins we've never had that before where we've all tied well you know i'm all about balance and synergy and equality so there you go you got the two 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 triangle you're done you know (laughs) Uh, again, I, I, I repeat, this is a conspiracy because of May 1st. We have a bunch of twos. The world must be ending. Yeah. We've secretly <laughs> gone back to uh, 2012. So I remember everybody, December 21st, the world won. So more the twos m- and ones. and Okay. The minds have pulled us backwards. <laughs> Dang Sorry. those minds. Space time continuum. See, and here I'm thinking it's because I've been so wrapped up in the Viking lore that, you know, maybe Odin, like, spun back time, had Fenrir just take a little bite out of the moon, not eat the whole thing, you know? (laughs) So, you know, we've rewound. (laughs) There's moon biters, boy. David! What? In the box! What'd you say? In the box! Oh, that's the intercostal capital of a brontosaurus. Oh, really? Oh, it's just no bone. Yes, Susan, it's just an old bone. Put it down gently and go away. All right, ladies and gentlemen, now it is time for What's in the Box? What's in the Box? What's in the Box? (laughs) I want to sing the Out of the Box theme song. Like that old show? You should. Out of the Box. Out of the Box. What's in the Box? What's in the Box? I'm sorry, we already have a theme song, but... Every time I hear it, that's what I think of, you know. It's mm. like, you know, you can come inside. Anyway, yeah. I told you, man. Freaking oh, kids rule show. my world. You know? <laughs> Everybody ready? Ready. Ready. Yep. All right, here we go. The trek back to Sally Slayer's shop is a walk down memory lane. The wind through the graveyard outside Pell's Scar and the crumbling remains of your portable portal... The hurry past the entrance to Pell's Scar, which is now adorned with a hastily constructed sign reading, Beware the Badger. 
You navigate the crossroads where you met Luca the merchant and his hellish whip of human spines. You travel back through the spooky forest, past the charred ruins of the house where Molly curb stomped the bad man. You travel deep into the forest and out the other side to the thunderous roar of a thousand toads. You travel around the ravine road where the ruffians are still plying their trade. And you spend the night in Dead Willow, carefully avoiding the next day the area near the hallucinogenic cave. And finally, you make it all the way back to the city of Aldsberger and make a beeline to Sally Slayer's Supply and Sundry. When you saunter into Sally's shop, Sally springs to life and gives you a salubrious salute. Salutations, says Sally. Say, isn't that the same studious swashbuckler who showed up in my shower not so long ago? Sure is, you answer. How was Schloss lesson, Sally asks. <laughs> From outside, you hear someone call out, Gesundheit. Assuming she's confusing you with some other shopper, you satiate her with a swell. <laughs> you sidle up to the counter and slap the biggest... And slap the biggest sack of silver you've ever spent down on the slats. No, you tongue tied <laughs> yourself. I was so close. That was the end. Then the negotiation begins. In reality, this trip has only taken you seven days. But it feels like it's been 55 weeks, plus or minus a New Year's Eve weekend. Not every adventure is a success, but every adventure is an adventure. And while you failed to make Big Red's collection your collection, well, so far, you've got your health, some great loot, a t-shirt that reads, I survived Sally Slayers and all I got was this yak, and Molly, <laughs> who is hereby promoted from rental yak to friends forever. Yay. Now unfettered and able to drink any yak's milk you damn well please <laughs> it's time for a little rest back to town back to mundanity back to planning there's a new adventure ahead so why are you sitting here listening to me the end oh oh well I like it. almost the end you see while negotiating <laughs> for a room at the local inn mini mile started making a horrific noise Blech. Dang that man. After 15 minutes of gagging, so severe that passersby started getting a little woozy and Priest began mumbling last rites, Minnie Mall coughs up a sack. This sack is absolutely ratchet. It's covered in a thick, gravelly ash, along with the other putrid, gooey contents naturally found inside the throat of Yak. The top of the sack is stuck together with a combination of a knotted rope, which you don't want to touch, and about two gallons of sticky adolescent yak throat paste, which you really don't want to touch, holding it as far away from your face as your arms can stretch and taking frequent breaks to run away gasping for air. You use two tree branches to pull back the cloth to reveal a box. This box has the shape and general resemblance of a violin case, except that the lower portion is more narrow. The box is made out of a material you fail to recognize, though it closely resembles Mother of Pearl. Ooh. On one side of the box, two handles, 
on the other side of the box, two latches. That's the best part of having a pet mimic. Any day could be a birthday. My question for you is this. Birthday. What's in the box? What's in the box? Ooh, it's a shiny box. I bet it's something special. <laughs> well, it came out of a mimic yak, so yeah, totally. DK, what's in your box? So, you open the box, and inside, you see a potted plant. Does he say, sunlight? <laughs> no, the, the plant does move as you move around it. It reacts to your movement. Why is he staring at me? Make him stop staring at me. <laughs> you know, I knew that druids could do stuff, but are you a druid, TK? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all coming uh, together now. So, <laughs> the, t- uh, <laughs> the kilted druid. <laughs> what kind of pot does he have? Uh, uh, it's a standard you know, planter's pot made of red clay. Interesting. Is it a sativa, an indica, or a hybrid? It's a hybrid. Of course it is. Told you it was <laughs> fancy. God, she's fancy. Does it talk? <laughs> it does not. But what, oh. but uh, the longer that the more you move, the larger it gets. Mm. Just like Minecraft mod, you get to twerk and make it grow. <laughs> 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 Oh my! Yeah. <laughs> Another reason not to LARP in the dark. Wow. <laughs> is there anything written on the bottom of the pot? There is. Ooh. Uh, Does it say "Made in China"? It, no, it's written in common. It says, "For the love of God, whatever you do, do not put <laughs> this near yaks." <laughs> I hurl Uh-oh. the plant. I grab Molly and run away. <laughs> As you hurl the plant. It no. hits the ground and grabs the near six people. Grabs them? Yes. Like with its the viney arms? Gro- yes, the <laughs> plant, uh, as it hits the ground, it grows to about 20 feet wide and throws mm. out vines that grab people. So extreme. I love this item because it's a cursed item I made. <laughs> I, feel but, like but I always cursed. love plants. I don't want them to love me back like this. <laughs> what Maybe you, you can control the plant. What Maybe you the, have unleashed is known as the uh, plant of obscurity. Ooh. Ooh. Does he have an owner named Seymour? <laughs> <laughs> Feed me. Feed it. <laughs> the, the, this plant, uh, if you make six successful DC uh, 18 dexterity checks will let you go. If you try to break its hold on you or in any way teleport away, it will immediately grab your party within 20 feet and bind them and then cause once you teleport away, it grows spines that do 4d8 piercing damage every turn. Ooh. So it's a stocky stalker. You try to run away harder, and it just latches on, like, even more. Well done with the wordplay. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) My party faced this on Monday, and it took them an hour to figure out how to get away after four of them were captured by it. Oh, goodness. (laughs) No one realized, you know what we could do? 
stop moving. Right? Oh, see, you went total Harry Potter there. Remember, they had to be still to fall through the vines, otherwise it was strangling on yeah. them. almost killed Ron. You know. This one don't. This one won't strangle you, but if it fully consumes you, if you don't escape within five turns, it begins to digest you and cause necrotic damage. Can you give me a, an idea of its anti-yak tendencies? I mean, it says, for the love of God, not near a yak. What is it about the yak oh. that... Uh, oh, no. It uh, doesn't hate yaks. Uh, what? Will yaks yak eat it? Yak manure is how... Yes. <laughs> yaks are its natural oh, enemy, no. and they grow in yak manure. Get them, boys. Oh, so, so you just fertilize them. Use. Mimic. Oh. So, so see, everything about yaks are nourishing. Yak milk, yak poop, you know, some things you drink, some things you grow things in, you know. Yak, yak is its That's natural so enemy, so, you know, they don't want it near a yak. Oh. We cannot have a plant do a yak attack, okay? I don't hear any yaks about it. Yeah. Yakking about yak attacks oh. by plant. The one thing we I haven't had is lick. a yak battle, so I think that this might be the time. I put a tiny handkerchief over Molly's face. <laughs> <laughs> Too much violence, They're there, Molly. Molly. They're there. <laughs> this is not for you. <laughs> All right, CA, what's in your box? So, in the box, you find a deception kit. Oh. Dun, dun, dun. There's a couple items inside. You see a pair of cufflinks, okay. a stack of unusual playing cards, okay. a stainless steel beveled curb chain bracelet okay and a switchblade whoa Every, everything a mm. growing card shark <laughs> needs <laughs> I, yeah is this for taking over a small uh wild west town <laughs> <laughs> you probably could do that yes so next adventure we're mini mall on us for taking over a small west town with this kit yes <laughs> <laughs> yes do you get any sort of uh, huge boost, a sleight of hand, or anything like that? No. Each item does something different. Ooh. Mm -hmm. What does the deception kit do? Well, the deception kit, you open it up, and these items are inside. I What's know. This? You were supposed to laugh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it it deceives you. That's ah. what. Ah. Yeah. No. <laughs> do you feel deceived yet? <laughs> <laughs> the deception kit does nothing, really. It's just like, it's like, I'm deceiving you because, really, all of this is... Uh, it sounds like some dude named Joe carries his clothes to his next apartment, you know? It's like... <laughs> <laughs> that is great. All right, so what do the cufflinks do? So when you take the cufflinks, if you were to, um, like, if, let's say you're in a jam, <laughs> and you click them together, it makes a high-pitched sound so that you can use it as a distraction to get away. <laughs> Something like that? We're like, bing. More like, like that long... wine glass team. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. I dropped a coin and now they're Resonating searching for sound. it. Mm -hmm. Now, if I just press one of the cufflinks, will a little dart shoot out and knock out Q? <laughs> no, it just makes a sound. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but they're super fancy. <laughs> now, what do the playing cards do? Uh, so on one side, it appears to be all blank, just white space. And on the other side, the cover is quite ornate. And you see on the top card written, it says, now you see me, now you don't. Ooh. Ooh. Yes. But I want to see them. <laughs> so. As a card aficionado and a collector, <laughs> I feel very strongly about seeing. The cards, right. Yes. 
Otherwise, I feel like perhaps the man who sold them to me was a con artist. <laughs> a card artist. Deception. No, oh, it's a deception. A yeah. Excellent. Yay. What does the switchblade do? It stabs no, people. No, I'm with my cards. <laughs> oh, sorry. There's more. So, so if you were to read the top, it says, now you see me, now you don't. The words will disappear on the cards, and they still appear to be blank to you. Um, however, if you think of a particular card game, like let's say you're thinking of poker, the cards will represent what you're thinking of um, so that you can change the deck if you wanted to, wherever you go, you could pick whatever game you want with this oh. deck. Yeah. So if yes. I think Uno, it'll change to Uno? Correct. <laughs> it's a hustler deck. Who play? That was a huge <laughs> game in the Wild West, let me tell you. <laughs> Everybody loved Uno. <laughs> what does the Switchblade do? Uh, so switchblade is curved, almost like you can, which is very unusual. <laughs> but uh, you could use it maybe to like carve apples if you wanted to. And in the handle itself has a compartment where there are lock picks. Ah. Mm. And then finally, the slingback bracelet. <laughs> 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 so it, you can stretch this to about twenty feet in length. It just looks like a really long, heavy chain. Um, so you can use that to get away if you really wanted to, and then it will shrink back up into a bracelet. Andy, Andy, bracelet when you say rope. get away, do you mean like number forty-seven piano wire get away, or I mean, what are we <laughs> about? that's called like a- trying to get out the window, kind of get away. Ah, Chris, that's mm. called a garrote. That's what I was thinking. I'm sitting here going, you know, hmm. I could do all kinds of fun things with this item, you know. <laughs> If You're one of welcome. the acts gets oh, out yeah. of line. I'm right? here to inspire people. Yeah. Yeah. CA, I'm going to have to ask you not to go through my drawers again. <laughs> <laughs> or mine. It thanks. was one time yeah. and it was very inspirational. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> <You know. laughs> All right, Miss Rain. Okay. What do you think? Um, wait, wait, wait. Like, think what? About CA's what box or is or in, what's in my <laughs> box? What, what, yeah, what do you think what's about my box? box? <laughs> hey, hey, tell me about my box. No, okay. Um, so I decided I, I wasn't because, you know, I've been a bad girl and I've not listened to prior podcasts that I wasn't totally certain. But no, um, so I prepared nothing. I went by the pure inspiration of your description of what we shall find mm-hmm. in this box. And that right. being said, you open the box and inside you find a beautiful mahogany viola on that viola there is a fine resin bow and a little note that says play me if you pick this up to play (laughs) as you begin playing smoke begins coming out of the viola and you hear just an eerie ominous sound and a voice comes up and says so can you play me the greatest song in the world (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, oh. and your yak somehow lays down a bass oh. beat in accompaniment. <laughs> 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 and you now have sounds of a southern blues jazz home back in the days of run and shine and underground passages. Mini malls oh, in the background going wood. black. Yes. Black. Black. Uh. Yes. Yes, so just imagine the yak back there. Blah, blah, yes. blah, blah. It's like, give me that rhythm. <laughs> smoking viola, just going to town, going boy. To town. Oh, I like it. Takes you over, and you just can't stop playing until you've played the greatest song in the world. 
Now, is there any sort of penalty for, like, let's say I don't play the viola, you know, like I'm one of the rare people. No, we'll who say did not that it's a magical lessons. curse item, kind of like, you know, like the ballerina slippers that you put on and you just dance until they get them off mm -hmm. or you're dead. Yeah. Same thing. <laughs> you just keep on playing. And for anyone so that's played dead. a stringed instruments, you now know that your fingers are going to soon yeah, get bloody gonna and bleed. you're going to get, mm -hmm. yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah. That neck cramp, you know, that one, mm, you know. <laughs> You're not leaving without calluses on your finger, boy. Totally, no. totally. What color is the smoke that comes out of your vial? Oh, I, you know, we'll absolutely have to go with that fire and brimstone effect and have the yes. black and red. Maybe a little yes. bit of a sickly green like that, you know, going back to that Stephen King kind of feel. Yeah, that's how I pictured it was yeah. green at first because I thought you were like summoning like a Ganazi to come out Dude, of here. we can totally go with that. Let's totally yes. do that. <laughs> yes, see, collabs are the best. So They're cool. so much better than when you go it alone, you know? And <laughs> is the smoke on the water or does it go up into the sky? Oh, no. Oh. No, this is totally <laughs> that rolling ominous, miss, you know, oh, no. because we're totally a Peter, Paul, and Mary CCR sure. crowd. So, yeah. Nice. <laughs> and what is the greatest song in the world? Oh. Ooh. Wow. Some deep questions. I mean, i got to stop playing this thing eventually, right? So, Everyone hears the unique song for them. And what Ooh. happens is if... Ooh, how about that? What if there's multitudes and what winds up happening is they wind up battling and so the player is constantly having to struggle to like hold their tune because all lie. the other songs <laughs> are, are the trying to overflow <laughs> so the struggle is staying true to your song it's just like real life holy shit staying true to your <laughs> song excited. with the cacophony Excellent. of everyone else's influence pushing on you I like that my song is the theme song the Ren and Stimpy <laughs> that's a good song yeah it is really good I, I think my and appropriate for the viola yeah, I think my perfect song totally would depend on the moment. But um, weirdly, one song that has stayed consistent through my life with special meaning that's transitioned in and out and over and around, as crazy as this is, is You Are My Sunshine. Aww. There you go. Yeah, as weird as it is. because Smoke-worthy. Yeah, smoke it's that's just it's one of those yeah. ones that, you know, it was like, grandparents to mother to daughter to now my children and they my son sings it to his cat and dog okay sorry son i didn't mean to tell your business but yeah you know because he is 20 you know it's like yeah i sing to my dog you know <laughs> and then um same thing with my daughter you know it's the same thing it's if any of us are feeling down that's always the thing is it's okay because you're my sunshine you know and it's Aww, just our little so family's sweet. thing of you know yeah, we're here for you. It's 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 like a household rally Aww. cry, I guess you'd say. Yeah. You know, so yeah, I like that. So for me, that would probably be the one I'd be trying to hold true to. Well, I tell you what. Anytime there's a musical instrument, there's always that chance that you could hear Freebird. So the winner this Absolutely. week is the Vaporific Viola. Yeah! Congratulations! Yeah! Not to mention our yak dropped beats. I was in. Yeah. <laughs> and I love the name. See, collabs are the best. Yes. That's Beautiful. right. Yes. That's how we roll here on the Thread Raiders. Heck yeah. We are controlling transmission. Now is the time where we're going to wrap up our show. Uh, first of all, I want to thank uh, Fairy Rain for being here today. Thank you so much thank for stopping you. by. Thank you. Thank you for having me. 
Uh, just out of curiosity, do you have anything coming up this week that you want to share with the people in terms of, uh, you know, stuff that's streaming or any other Sadly events? Sadly, for this week, um, not too much. This is my only thing. Um, as I said, we're moving, and right. we're actually moving my mother-in-law with us as well, so we're actually moving two households at the moment. Nice. Um, yeah, so it's a fun thing, and that's actually something that'll be fun for us. It's pretty low-key until we hit that May 1st and get the move done. Um, we're going to try next week to hit some of our streams. Um, and I've been thinking about trying to hit the Saturday morning to have the fairy tales because we weren't able to play last week, but we'll have to play it by ear. It really depends on the time crunch, unfortunately. Well, let me ask you this. So Geeky Bug Bugbear, uh, there's mm -hmm. multiple shows, right? Currently, we have Tuesday night is Tomb of Annihilation. Wednesday night is Pathfinder. Um, Thursday night, my husband and some of the others that are active with the Geeky Bugbear are over on By Francita's channel for a D&D game that she runs that's a home group creation of hers. Um, but they don't play live on hers. She um, edits and uploads to her YouTube. Very cool. Um, and then um, on Saturday mornings, we generally have my Fairy Tales, which is the Retroverse, and we have an ongoing campaign. Our lovely Poon. Another thread writer. She's in there. She is. Um, she's Pam. <laughs> she's wonderful. And um, that's actually probably the biggest thing that I can tell you about right now is with the fairy tales. Um, we're getting ready to have a lot of really fun, exciting things coming out in relation to that that are geared around these wonderful characters that have grown up. We have um, Torn Pixie as Anacaria. We have Chris Wynn '83 as Bayrick. And we have uh, Puna Cornucopia as Pam, and then we have Asian runner Josh DV as um, uh, Magnum. And these characters are just phenomenal. Um, they are absolutely retroverse. They are out there. Anakaria is this magical girl um, that we custom made. If you think Sailor Moon, you're on the right path. Um, because they were transported here, she, honest to God, thinks she's in a video game. So everything that she does right now, she doesn't think it has real repercussions because mm -hmm. she thinks she's in a video game. Nice. Um, <laughs> That's not good. <laughs> right? Um, Bayrick is, um, he is a Walnir Goryanger. So he is basically a wolf Power Ranger. Um, <laughs> he's a big doggo boy Power Ranger. And then uh, Pam is a Stysiren warlock whose patron is Elizabeth Crocker. Um, you know, because we can't say Betty Crocker. Understood. You know? Yeah. Um, so <laughs> all of her spells are kitchen related. So um, a lot of the fun stuff that we're about to have coming out for our patrons and things like that is Pam's recipe cookbook. And it'll be accompanied with the things that happened in game that made Pam's food a weapon. Um, <laughs> you know, so far we've had death by cream brulee, torch and bacon grease. Um, we've had <laughs> all kinds of fun things. We've had uh, bread cannons and all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, <clears throat> and then last but not least, Josh DV, he is um, another of the dinosaur races and his thing is He's all about the corruption, and I'm drawing a blank right now. It's so bad about what his class is, but pretty much he's the paladin version that fights the corruption, mm -hmm. and he is along, and they're trying to find the AI snickle socks that brought them to the world <laughs> nice. to help the mother. That's great. And so, yeah, they're trying to save the mother, which is the big AI that rules the world. You guys have a Twitch channel, right? 
Oh yeah, we're it's uh, Twitch TV slash Geeky Bugbear for that, and then we also do video game streaming on our personal ones, um, and those you can find them all through the Geeky Bugbear links. It, that's like our go-to collaboration of sure. here's what we're doing, here's where you can find us, etc. etc. Is and you will find the link to their Twitch channel in the description below. Yay! <laughs> I feel special. We've been documented. <laughs> <laughs> The Red Raiders um, approved. <laughs> the only other things, oh. TK, do you want to talk about princesses in the dark real quick? Uh, yes. Ooh, uh, I do. <laughs> I want to be there. <laughs> did you sign up? I did. Not yet. I saw the form right before we started this. Get your name on the form. Yes. <laughs> it's different than LARP in the dark, mind you. <laughs> yes. Princesses in the dark is a She-Ra inspired uh, tabletop game that... Uh, started because of a prank and then I completely redesigned an entire game system in 28 hours. I've spent most of the past two weeks just typing it into the computer. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> because as I, I'm typing in, I took uh, two pages. I have a bunch of notes I wrote myself where I had to fix some things, remove a lot of well, get swear words like, a, you know, example of improvise is not beat a motherfucker with a motherfucker. So, right. Uh, it is based on at the Shira realm, kind of. It has that same kind of female empowerment mentality. Actually, two of the people who helped me edit are uh, some of the Thread Raiders. <coughs> uh, one of them is our very own Poonicorn. She oh, was yeah. like, but Shira's work guys like, so if you need an editor, you should send it my <laughs> way. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. I uh, will be, I was actually expecting to start playtesting in June. That will be more like uh, mid-May. I'm going to start rolling out playtests of it. Wonderful. See, that's what I'm doing um, kind of with the Saugus thing is I'm going to be doing some little pickup games. So if y'all are interested in that, you know, hit our Discord and I can hit y'all a link for that if you need it. Um, doing same, the same kind of concept, and I love that idea. I'm finding that that's something that works really well when you're trying out these new things and finding the kinks and, you know, what works for you and... To get to be a She-Ra inspired thing, come on! You know, I grew up with Thundercats, man. That's amazing. You know, we all wanted to be She-Ra and Panthera and Chitara, and you know, that's awesome. <laughs> I'm impressed that you did it all in that amount of time. Holy yeah. crap! How I, I didn't crazy. sleep while binge watching it. <laughs> yeah, that is astounding. He really is a robot. I'm now convinced that TK, no, he's not human. He just wears a kilt to fool us. It's a kilt of deception. Holy yeah. crap. Is that a kilt of disguise? You want my deception kit? <laughs> Cufflinks and kilts. Uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, we do have one final announcement. Uh, sadly, this is going to be my last episode on the Thread Raiders oh. podcast. Uh, real life has crept up, and sadly, I have to ride off into the sunset. Uh, but I just want to say that I really have enjoyed myself immensely, and uh, you know, especially with uh, you know doing what's in the box each week, it has been a blast. We will Aww. miss you, Grizz. Oh, thank you, thank you so very much. much. I'm glad I got you before you were. Thank gone. you. Yes, <laughs> my I final guess. Like, <laughs> I'm like, mm. you saved the best for last. Hot shit. Ooh. <laughs> And with that, no. ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to the show. We hope that you enjoyed it. Um, again, we want to thank our guest for being here today. Uh, we also want to thank our sponsor, Tabletop Loot. Uh, you can use the code THREADRAIDERS at checkout in order to receive a discount off of your order. 
Uh, we want to thank our other sponsor, Founders Coffee. If you're looking for a really great cup of coffee in the morning, you want to check out founderscoffee.us. Uh, they're having a sale right now. So of all the times to give it a shot, now would be that time. And we also want to thank our third and final sponsor, RPG Kitchen. Uh, be sure to check them out as well. Um, we are uh, now part of the Steel Empire Network, which includes a quest for magic and steel, Arc City, uh, which just started its second season, and of course, us. Uh, if you enjoyed our show, please give us a tweet to help us spread the word. And for more information on the Thread Raiders, uh, be sure to head over to threadraiders.com, where you can find links to all of our social media properties, including Facebook, Twitch, etc., etc., etc.